Let's Talk Gardening with Merle Coombs. Talk on FM, QR Calgary. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and I will be joined shortly, any minute, uh, with Terry Kemper as well. Happy New Year's Eve. I don't know if it starts in the morning, but we'll start it right now. And uh can't believe that, how this year uh, has flown by pretty quick. I was away for a, a couple of weeks here and uh, was down summer warm, which was kind of nice to get away. But it's been warm here, so I didn't really miss out on much uh, cold weather. So, But Christmas season has uh, come and gone. I know we're still having our boxing week sale down at uh, at the garden center so uh, i think a bunch of stuff is all buy more save more so you can get all those christmas we had some really good christmas stuff this year actually i was uh i was impressed it was nice and tropical plants and pots are looking good we have a couple containers that just arrived um or are arriving from from asia so we have a whole bunch of new pots for the new year so looking forward to lots of good things happening in the coming season. So Terry and I were just chatting over text a bit and seeing what we can discuss today. I'm not sure if it's going to be busy, if we're going to have callers or texters. Hopefully I'll participate today. That would be great. And we're thinking about doing garden resolutions. So what did you do in your garden that maybe you want to do something different? And we're also going to do garden trends. I, I definitely have some thoughts on that, uh, on garden trends. So we'll we'll definitely do that. If you'd like to join uh, Terry and I here on the show, 403-974-8255. Um, that is the call and uh, text line as well. So if you'd like to just text, that works as well. Send some pictures of things that went well or maybe not doing so well. Houseplants. And if you have that amaryllis that you have in your home right now and it's still blooming or doing its thing, just let it do its thing. Keep keep watering as you go. Treat it like a hose plant. When it's done blooming, you can just cut off that big flower stalk and then feed it at that time with 15, 30, 15. Um, feed it a couple times, sort of every couple weeks. Give it a little shot. What that'll do is recharge the bulb for next year. Then just continue to let it grow for a month or two and let it get lots of leaves. And then once we hit about, yeah, March 1st, you can just stop watering, just shut it right down and and just let it die back and uh, and just dry. All the leaves will dry back into itself. And at that point, you can just cut those leaves off and then just store that bulb in a cool, dark place uh, inside like a brown paper bag. Poke a few holes in it just so it's – and you don't really need to put anything in it. Um, if you do have some really, really nice dry potting soil or peat moss, something like that would be fine. But the key to it is just find a cool, dark place um, where you can store that bulb until next um, October, November, whenever you want to pull it out. And you can start growing again at that point. And, uh, yeah, anyways, what time is it? It is 9.09, December the 31st. It's supposed to be plus 8 today. I'm going to clean the windows. Um, I still have quite a bit of snow in my area. 
I know I had to fire up the snowblower yesterday and still blow off some of the spots um, with being away since it snowed. So it really hasn't melted, which is actually kind of good. It just uh, came in nice and slow um, and just sort of warmed up a bit, I guess, the, the last couple of weeks and uh, should be good to go. Is Terry on the line yet? Emily? No, I guess not. He's not quite there yet. And oh, oh, what does Gord have to say here? He has, I need to transplant my money tree roughly three and a half feet high. What size pot should I get? Ooh, he sent a nice picture. Actually, yeah, that one, um, I would definitely go to a 10 or 12 inch pot. Get something nice with a, a saucer on the bottom. Um, seems to be doing really quite good. It's a twisted, braided, and uh, looking really good. So you can do that. And just get good potting soil. Just, yeah, and water it in really, really well after you fertilize. And do that the first few times. Make sure you, if you can just pop it into the sink and let the water run out the bottom would be great. And that should be able to uh, get the get all the water in, get the root system going. And, and get it transplanted really quite nice because that's uh, it's actually really quite a nice healthy looking money tree you can use at that point a uh 10 50 10 or 15 30 15 if you'd like to um, fertilize a little bit when you're transplanting but other than that the money tree dislikes it just a basic 2020 20, 20 throughout the season every couple months give it a little shot of fertilizer um and you should be totally fine. And if you just get a nice uh, gray, like a, not a gray, but a, a clay pot, they, they do really quite nice in those those glazed. Uh, just get yourself a nice pot. Um, just seeing, again, for trends, kind of reading a few things. Obviously, water conservation is always going to be a big one. And I know we've been talking about that for a number of years. So I would definitely do um, bark mulch, things like that that we've talked about in the past, and uh, and that would be really good for for the trees and shrubs getting it through the winter. I know all my stuff that I just put mulch and watered in. Well, it's all it's all nice and frozen, the snow cover, and it's going to hopefully stay nice and frozen for the winter time. And because like I said, there's warmer days, but they're pretty short. I was surprised to see the lakes are open for skating, which is great. Um, and I know they test a ton on all the all the lake communities are making sure it's nice and safe for everybody. And, uh, yeah, so. Let's talk gardening with Merle Coombs. Talk on FM. QR Calgary. Welcome back. Let's talk gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And <clears throat> Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by spruce it up your year-round full service garden center spruce it up green it up and pruning it up we got you covered inside and out and i do have terry with me good morning terry i think i have terry with me emily are you able to get terry up no he should be on the other one good morning terry ah maybe not yet this is figured it out i'll get him to mail this call back in anyways um we got um found three box 
elder bugs in my house. No plants outside around the house. What do you recommend to get rid of these? Actually, just a vacuum. If you can see them, if you just have a couple, just use the vacuum to suck them up into the vacuum rather than trying to spray anything inside the house. And uh, that will just get rid of them. And I know when we get larger infestations, um, I know Terry has done that and a few other people I know have done that as well, where they just suck them up in the old shop vac or your or your vacuum that you have into the bag and you should be good to go. Or if you there's a couple of things, Bug X is a good product that you could use with the pyrethrin. We'll get rid of them for sure. And uh but um I would just if you if you can see them where they're at, they usually hang out where it's warm and in the sun in the windows or wherever. I would just uh use the old vacuum and just uh get rid of them that way. And that way you don't have to deal with any of the other stuff. All right. Let's see what I got. Got another text here. Uh, Terry and I had talked about leaving these out till the end of November. It's been so mild, so mild I waited. What do you think, Terry? These are—they look like a type of spruce. And um, is Terry back on yet, Emily? At all? Not yet. No, I don't think so. What I would do with those um, evergreens. It's just ensure that you water them in really well. I would spray them with the anti-death skin as well. Um, I would use the wilt proof on them. And just put them in a shady, darker spot. Unless you're going to bring them inside to bonsai. I'm not too sure um, if that was the intention of that. And uh, and do that for sure. You could, you could try that. Um, I... I'm just waiting to see if we can get Terry online. I do have one other caller, uh, Carol. Good morning, Carol. Can, can you Hi, hear Carol. me okay? Yep. Hi, Carol. How can we help you? Um, a few months ago, you were testing a product um, to kill those nasty little, I can't know, the flies that fly around the house because you're overwatering the plants. Yep. Did you I haven't had the best results with that. that. Or do you have that? Yeah. And I'm actually waiting. Some I did give a couple samples to some customers. And I'm just waiting to hear back. I haven't had the best luck. So what we're finding what works really well with that is the mosquito dunks. So what you do is we sell them in an individual bag, individual dunk, and I think they're three or four dollars. And you put it into a water jug and you sort of steep it like a tea bag. Okay. And it'll dissolve into that. And then you just water your plants with that after. And what it does, it kills all the larvae like it would do for mosquitoes outside in ponds and that. Mm-hmm. And they're in this, the, the fungus gnats are in the same type of family, so it works the okay. same way. And that works really well. Because okay, then it gets I'll right into try. the soil and, and does a soil drench. So Okay. Um, and the other thing that I have tried that helps a, a bit as well is um, sprinkling some diet, diatonace, or diatonaceous earth on top. Is that okay to do? It is, um, but it's not really going to do nothing. It, and the biggest thing is to obviously watch the watering. Yeah. Um, the diatomaceous earth is more of a, it's a sharp sand, and it just makes things really uncomfortable for, for bugs. Mm-hmm. So with the flies, they can kind of fly around it. It's It works a lot better for um, worms, maggot, 
things like that that are in the soil, those different grubs and things like that. Okay. Um, and you just got to be careful with it, with the dust in the house because you don't want to breathe it in. Yeah, no, that's true too. Okay, so that other product then you didn't feel was doing its thing. Yeah, right? I just haven't heard the best result and I haven't heard back. So I'm just waiting to see. And um, yeah, so I'm not, I, I'm not... I'm not ready to throw it on the shelf yet and recommend it. Okay. So I'm just waiting to get a bit more feedback on it. So, okay, that sounds good. Thank you very much for your help on that and wishing you and your family and all the listeners out there and Terry a wonderful Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, Carol, and thanks for participating. And uh, all the, do you have any garden um, resolutions that you're going to do different next year or this coming year? Um, no, I think we're okay. We're uh, in a lot on a hillside, so we've got lots of um, Virginia creepers going up walls and decks and things like that, and junipers, so um, and a waterfall. So I think we've got it pretty much in place. So um, sounds sounds great. Yeah, yeah, we're enjoying it. Looking forward to uh, spring already. So even though we had a yeah. great winter so far, so but uh, yeah, it, but it, it does seem long already, doesn't it? It's sort of October, November, December. It's yeah, sort of yeah, it does. Ready it's just for like, you know, well, it's spring on the spring. I'm tired of this already so but uh that's what happens in january for me anyway i just want to get back out in the yard and start gardening i miss it already so absolutely well happy new year to you as well carol thank, thank, you. thank you very much you guys take care take care bye-bye bye-bye awesome all right and do i have terry on the line terry hey good morning merle hey how are you hey i'm good how are you good you made her i did <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to be are you playing hard to get you're playing elusive or what <laughs> are you people way. texting for you all kinds of stuff uh that's funny um oh yeah that was uh so it must have been you and bryce were chatting about those alberta dwarf alberta spruce and what to do with them and uh yeah he said to leave them outside uh i, I yeah, it's been so. What do you and so? What do you think with those on that text line? I know Brace had sent in a picture. Yeah, I, took a look. Uh, I remember he took a couple home earlier in the year. He showed me some pictures of some that he'd found online, um, and he was using that particular um, the uh, dwarf Alberta spruce as a uh, as a bonsai project. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He showed me where they were pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I, I'd forgotten that he'd taken those home, but. Um, yeah, they look. I was sort of looking. I didn't know if he had some sort of special because they don't really have the the greeny green. But yeah, when I look at them a lot closer now, it, you can see that it's the dwarf Alberta spruce, and uh, they look a little bit rugged, which is good though. That means they're wintering well. They've colored down a bit, um, yeah. which is good. And uh, yeah, I, like I said, I would just if you're going to keep them outside, I would think probably just do the wilt proof. Unless you're going to do the bonsai, then you can bring them in and. And work on them that way as well. So, um, yeah. What what, yeah. Do you, what are your thoughts on that? I'm not sure what is the plan on us, uh, as far as starting on those. But um, I, if it was me, I would probably just um, let them ride out the, their dormancy because um, they do need that period of reset to, to set their new growth for next year. So yeah. I'd probably just, uh, like you said, make sure that they don't dry out because that will kill them for sure. But um, make sure they're well watered, and yeah, just keep them in a little bit of a protected space. Uh, I think this year we're going to get away with a lot of uh, things that are in pots doing just fine. Um, seems like we're having that kind of a winter. So, in a normal, uh, what I would call a normal winter, 
Um, I would might bury the, those root balls in the ground, but I think for this year, um, what we've recommended should be just fine. Yeah, and as long as you're not sitting right out in the main sun, like on a south exposure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> sitting on your deck where they just dry out, yeah. um, especially with it being a little bit warmer. But I, I don't think Mother Nature is going to let us off this easy. It's going to uh, – we're going to have some winter. And <laughs> it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come, and we're going to say, uh, what happened? <laughs> why is it so cold, and why is there so much snow? Um, so, and, and we're going through one of those cycles. I remember as a, as a kid, or I remember lots of Christmas times out there barbecuing a turkey and it's plus 10. So, um, this year is we've had a little longer run, but I I just think it's that El Nino cycle that's going on right now. So that jet stream comes up and it's affected us before and it's, and it's doing it again this year. So, and, uh, and, and we're going to get, what's the other one? You got El Nino and you got La Nina. And that, yeah. I think, I can't remember which one's the nasty sister. But anyways, <laughs> one of them is that you don't want. And she comes to visit too. So yeah. uh, there's a good sister um, and a nasty sister. <laughs> yeah. So that's, we're enjoying La, La Nina right now. She seems nice and uh, <laughs> brought us a little bit nicer weather yeah. through the holidays. And uh, yeah. it's uh, saving on some carbon tax. Or I always like to joke and say, "Well, the carbon sale, the carbon tax is working already. See, we're not we're not using as much fuel. See, it's, right. it's paying that tax. They say it's not going to work. See, it's working. It's working. It's, uh, <laughs> it's all it's all better. Anyways, <laughs> I shouldn't joke about that kind of stuff. But I leave that to the guys during the week. They have all that stuff covered. We're supposed to talk plants. Um, and my, my and I think water conservation. Um, and I've we've been pushing that. And I've been pushing this on the show for the last whatever, 10 years. I've always been one for using mulch everywhere. It, one thing, it's good for the soil, keeps the roots cool. You're not overwatering. Because there's nothing worse for a plant when it dries out, hydrate it, dries out, hydrate. Like it, That distresses them out. So you get that good, consistent watering, good soil with compost in the soil, um, whether it's bark mulch or if you're using, um, what's the name of that stuff we brought in? Uh, it goes on top of the, so it's like a real thin, fine mulch. We're selling it in the bin now. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It's actually oh, I, really nice. I know the stuff you mean. Um, Rocky Mountain mulch or something. But, I can't um, remember what it. Anyways, yeah. maybe Brad's the listening. Mulch, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's it. One. I yeah, it's name. just really a fine, almost looks like a soil. Yeah, and <laughs> you put it on top, and it, it's it's a, it's actually it makes the soil kind of gives you that natural soil look, but with the benefits of some mulch. I know we did a really big garden, <clears throat> and we used that, and it sure made a big difference. It takes a bit to get it moist because it almost repels the water a little bit at first, but once you get it saturated, right. it, it's nice and just sits there. It helps keep the weed down, and then also. That definitely helps with the moisture. So, and that is a key thing for I think gardening in our area, and it has been for the last long, long time because it it's dry. Like I was away somewhere warmer, come back, and then you can just feel it. Like you get off the plane, 
and you can feel your skin like I've been home like just a day and I can you can feel everything shriveling up your <laughs> your lips are starting to chop I got the chapstick you got the cream going and it, it's dry right so yeah. it, it's a we're in a dry climate so it is a little bit harder on a lot of our plants as well we got to ensure that we um, hydrate them, keep them moist, keep the water going, especially through the winter to save that winter desiccation. Gardeners are a rare breed. They need special treatment. And that's why we have Merle Coombs and Let's Talk Gardening. Talk on FM. QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and I'm here with Terry Kemper. Welcome back, Terry. And <laughs> I did um, receive um, a text back from one of our customers that I gave that product to. And Minja, she replied, she says it thinks it worked very well. So what we did is it's a product, and we're going to look at getting it in then. If we've had I got a couple other people trying it, if I get uh, 100% um affirmation that it is a working product we will get it into the store and we'll have it there for you it's it's a it's actually it's for compost as well to get rid of the smell and bugs and stuff so it's kind of a neat product so hopefully if we're getting good success and her orchid is looking gorgeous now and it's uh doing very well and it's blooming like crazy so all in all, a success. So that's that's awesome to hear. And Terry, are you there? I'm right here. Yes. Hey, Terry. So good to good news on the on their on our front. And then also, <laughs> it's so good when we get people helping us. Um, Montane mulch Montaigne. is we what go. we the the, <laughs> the name we were looking for. So I appreciate that. And who. Actually, there's no name. This is from one of our callers or from our listeners. So thank you so much um, for for sharing our products with us and, <laughs> and telling us what we sell. I, I just, yeah. So I <laughs> I was on vacation for for a couple of weeks, and uh, and and Terry's been off a bit doing a bunch of stuff, and uh, so we, we'll get our brains back into this. Uh, gardening thing that we do and ensure that we can answer some of your questions um so kind of funny all right here's one for you terry i'm going to read it out to you okay it's uh it's loading up here i purchased an apple tree with five different varieties grafted onto it i find the tree lacks vigor in early spring i cut one of the overly vigorous branches back to three buds and his relative new growth was poor is the rootstock a dwarfing type, and can I expect the tree to remain small? Should I side graft a different rootstock onto it or cut off the blossoms for next season? I want to make an espalier. Thanks. What are your thoughts, Terry? Uh, I'm guessing this is newly planted, so um, I'm I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything other than what um, was on that tree when you took it home for rootstock. I wouldn't um, yeah. try try any of that i'm i'm never too hard um on a uh, tree shrub perennial um in the first year or two of its life it's it's doing such um 
it's doing a, a much bigger amount of work than we think. We've, we've planted it and we think it's doing nothing, but um, that little tree is putting uh, all its energy into developing its root system again. And once it's done that, that's when you'll see that increase in vigor. So generally about year three is that jump from, hey, that, that apple, then that's when it's noticed. You'll, you'll likely comment that, um, hey, that apple tree we planted three years ago is really looking good this year. And that's usually because yeah. it takes a couple of years to, to sort of grow on. And, establish and the key itself. with that too, Terry, is slow, deep watering at least once a week. And that's where you put the hose on it. Yep, Just absolutely. barely let the it dripping out of the hose and leave it on there for two or three hours. So that way it just soaks that – that way you're utilizing the whole root system. So many times we do a nice little tree well on top. It's one or two inches deep, and you fill that up once or twice. And so what the water never gets down. Like you've dug a hole a foot or 18 inches deep. That water never gets down there just by filling that uh, tree well up a couple times. <laughs> so the slow deep watering, slow deep watering. Or water bag is your best bet. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then also a bit of 10 52, 10, uh, 15 30, 15. <clears throat> Either of those would be great for the apple to get it going the first year. If you do that the first year, second year, you're going to see such a different tree than somebody who just waters the top because you get, you're just utilizing very little of the, of the roots to 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 establish the upper part so really the bottom half of the root ball ends up dying off and then there's just not enough hydration like terry you're saying in the spring to give it that vigor that you're looking for but if you do that slow deep watering man you see such a difference you can you can get the third year results in the second year if you're if you continue to water that way the slow deep watering and then you're not wasting water either this that slow trickle you know it's just soaking down nicely into that hole that you've dug because that's obviously going to be the path of least resistance um, for the water as well. And uh, and that it that I almost you almost get a hundred percent success rate if you water that way. Like it, like I very rarely lose a tree. I mulch and then I and I make sure I water. I go around and hand water and I do the drip on some of the larger trees that I plant. And very rarely do I ever lose a tree. It's just you do that, and uh, and, and that just makes all the difference in in the season. And for the pruning, um, it, it, and that's it. When you when you do the espalier, um, it is important to set your if you're going to use. I, I use I've used copper pipes. I've used that airline wire in the past and uh and this establish where your buds and they definitely train much easier when it's when they're young and when they're small, and soft yeah. so anyways yeah so I, I i agree i think just uh oh this is the second year he just texted back in so yeah so just so just do that just ensure that you do that slow deep water and even on this warm weather if you haven't watered it in really well for the winter, I wouldn't hesitate to give it a good soaking, put a little mulch over top of it, ensure that, especially for the apples, because they need that hydration in the spring, especially when you got grafts, because it's also trying to, it's like, um, it's not a natural growth on there, right? So it has to go through that. And, and Rage Plus would be another good one for, for any of those grafted trees as well. It just gets the tissues opening up and moving a little bit better as well so and you should be good to go on that 
Um, and where are we at for time? Actually, we got to take a quick break um, here. And then when we come back, Terry and I are going to talk about some of our trends and resolutions for the season. Um, Terry tells me he has uh, three or four ready for us. And I got a couple little ones that I want to talk about, but I'm thinking about trying this coming year. Let's talk gardening with Merle Coombs. Talk on FM, QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm here with Terry Kemper. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And I got a text um, from someone who has a calabacoa. And those are like the mini petunia plants. It's doing quite good and blooming. Can I take cuttings now or should I wait until it finishes blooming? <clears throat> they really don't finish blooming. And do I need to use rooting hormone or straight into soil? I would, I would wait. I what I would do right now, um, enjoy it for the next couple of weeks, and then we get to mid-January when the days start getting a bit longer. I would cut it back about ten, fifteen percent, twenty percent, and and then you'll get a whole bunch of new growth. Um, that's where you want to take your cuttings, and at that time you want to feed it with a twenty 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 and just encourage some good new growth. And then we get all that nice new soft foliage, foliage. Um, you can do your cuttings at that time. And I would use the number one rooting hormone. It's just they have, they have numbers. One is softwood, two is medium, three is harder. Um, so just use the number one rooting hormone and, and take a bunch of cuttings like that. And you should be good to go with your calabacoa. And uh, and do that as well. Oh, actually, that was from another. Oh, this is sorry, I already answered that. So, but there, I answered there. You can uh, do it again <laughs> off that answer. And she had another question. Hi, I'm having trouble with my fungus gnats in the soil of my pothos. I've tried apple cider vinegar, cut back watering. Can I use a layer of zeolite on top? I would just get the product that we were just talking about. Is the we have the mosquito dunks, and we have them in a package with the directions on how to do it. You get the mosquito dunk. It's like a mini puck. Um, you put it into a water can. You let it steep for a bit. Let that get into the water and create like a mosquito dunk tea. And then just water your plants in with that. And then that eliminate all the the fungus gnats that way. And it works really quite well. And it's a it's a great way to get rid of the fungus gnats. All right, and we have one more text here, Terry. And it says, hi, Merle. How do I get my bougainvillea to have colorful bracts? It is healthy, small, south-facing window. It is a spring. It will get the colors. Happy New Year. Well, thanks, Sylvia. I would just, again, feed them 15, 30, 15. Um, we'll encourage that. Get them into the brightest window. And it's funny. Like, I was just in Mexico, and they're everywhere. Like, then they yeah. just treat, like, there it is. They're grown in in the worst conditions and they just whack them back and they're just, they continue to bloom all the time, but they had the perfect conditions down there for that. Um, so nice and bright and 15, 30, 15. Again, I would, I wouldn't try to do too much to it. Cause I know the ladies had one in the store for a number of years and above the, it was hanging from the roof of the, of the greenhouse and it would get ignored probably more often than not 
Because everyone would just walk by and it'd be up above, and you look up, you'd be drooping down, and oh, oh, we better water old Boogie. So <laughs> they would water him, and uh, and he'd come back. And but it was blooming quite a bit. So I think with those, they don't like to be ki- like you can kill them with kindness. So a little bit of ignoring them, Sylvie, I think would be um, advantageous to encourage a bit more blooming as well. They are a drier climate, so they don't mind drying out a bit, and I think that helps with that. So bright light, water a little less than what you even think. When it seems dry, maybe wait a little bit unless it's drooping and uh, and just let that uh, do that on, on the bougainvillea. All right. And so, Terry, we're heading into 2024. We are. What's on the what's, – what's Terry been thinking? He's sort of looking out in the – I can just picture you looking out your window of your 100-year-old house. You're looking out in the backyard, and you're saying – all right, I'm gonna. What do I need to do? do something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's lots to do out there, but um, besides frolicking in the in the in the in the wading pool, which yeah. I've seen you do that with ours, but <laughs> probably my number one thing that I that I think I need to do and work on out there, uh, and I'm gonna re- remind yeah. myself that you know setting a re- <clears throat> setting a resolution um, is is to set a good intention. So my intention is to yeah. um, increase the amount of uh, evergreen plant material that I have in my yard. Um, I have a lot of perennials. I have a lot of deciduous trees around me. I don't have a lot of evergreens. So I did bring home a um, sester dwarf um, spruce uh, this year, planted it in the corner, um, and I love it. It, it just kind of shines out there right now, and I want to get more of those types of things. So... Um, Fortunately, there's there's lots of evergreens on the market now that you know I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna lose my front yard to a spruce tree because I planted the wrong tree in the wrong space. So sister dwarf, you know, it gets about a five foot spread on it, uh, eight foot tall. And, you know, it's gonna take some time yeah. to get there. It's extremely slow growing, and that's what I want. Um, I don't want this thing to to double in a couple of years. Yeah, they're they're pretty unique, right? Like, oh, they're and, and like you're saying, yeah. And we have eight months when we really don't have leaves. So if you add some of those unique evergreens, it makes such a statement in your yard. Like, I know uh, my neighbor a couple doors over, um, Wayne. He has a, a it gets probably a twenty foot um, column or pine in his backyard. And the thing is, just gorgeous, and it goes straight up. It's like three or four feet wide at the most. And it's beautiful, but it's such a statement. But it's not just the big spruce tree that just takes over the yard, right? And uh, But it gives you that year-round um, color and coverage. So lots of great narrow pines. That Sester spruce, and they're great because they, they, they just dwarf. I remember also, and I wish I'd, um, I – we brought in those Ollendorf um, spruce from the Coldale Nursery – and they did great. And I had a, a seven, eight footer that I had planted in in one of my other houses, and uh, before we moved out, and it it's it's again one of those statements evergreens that right. not overgrowing, not going to go crazy. And uh, and I know, like I live in an older neighborhood where I bet you there's been six, five or six big thirty foot spruce that have been taken out this year because they just. They, once they take over, they're just too big, right? right. Like it's, and 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 that's sort of what 
<laughs> so you end up doing that. But if you can get those unique pines, those those Cessar spruce, because they're a, they're kind of that nice blue too, right? They're yeah. that baby blue. Beautiful conical shape to it. I mean, that, that, and uh, I'm looking at it now, and I I wish I planted like two others at the same time because um, that one is, I mean, as great as it is, I'd love to have more. So, um, and you mentioned that you know uh, a few few pines as well, uh, and I'll also throw in mugle pine too. Mugle pine has sort of got a bad rap over the years, but there's some awesome smaller. Um, Yugo pines that will never get bigger than, you know, 18 to 24 inches tall and wide um, at full maturity. So, again, not something you're going to plant in the middle of your front yard and have it take over. So really look around for some of those smaller evergreens that you can um, add in and uh, just extend your your, your ear that, you know, um, you actually then look forward to sort of that that quieter period of um, of the gardening season like now um, and just appreciate them that much more. So definitely going to bring in Absolutely. more evergreens into my yard than, than I have now. Okay. Let's talk gardening with Merle Coombs. Talk on FM. QR Calgary. <clears throat> Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and I'm here with Terry Kemper. And we do have one caller on, and I've had a couple of texts as well um, from Sharon, and uh, she has the fungus gnats, and we have Lil on the line, and I believe she has the same issue. Good morning, Lil. Hi, Lil. Hi. Uh, I want to wish you Hi there. Happy How can we help you? Uh, I wanted happy to, New to you as well. that I had success with so- uh, fungus gnats in the soil. And I sprinkled cinnamon on the soil when I watered, yeah. and the cinnamon seems to I've heard to that's inhibit, a good. Inhibit the fungus gnats from growing. Oh, nice! Yeah, no, I've heard cinnamon is. Uh, I, from what I understand, it is a natural fungicide as well. So, um, yeah. Absolutely, it probably smells nice too, right? It smells like cinnamon buns near your near plants. I use the expensive so, kind. I don't know if the cheap kind works or not. So you'd have yeah. to try it. Um, and the the key to it, to Lil, at, at this time of year, and we get a lot of these these people wondering, is um, is the amount of water you have to? We have to just because it's Tuesday and you've watered all summer on Tuesday. Once you get into the winter season, you you definitely got to maybe go every second Tuesday. Um, the plants can definitely go a little longer without water. And and if you keep watering the same schedule, that's typically when the fungus nuts come when the soil gets too wet. And uh, so if you're having good luck with cinnamon, so um, all the listeners, if you maybe give that a try, we do have the mosquito dunks at the store that you can make the the fungus nut tea um, to water in with that. That works as well. So yeah, thanks, Lil. I appreciate the the thing and happy New Year to you as well. And uh, Hope you have a great summer coming up. I just thought the cinnamon might be safer if there's small children around. Yeah, and and the, the fungus that um, the mosquito dunk that we use is, is safe as well. But absolutely, yeah, you don't want to. But the key to it is to eliminate the problem, too, is the amount of water. We all have to water less in the wintertime. You have to. Because that is the... 
Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. If you do that, chances are you'll be able to get rid of the fungus gnats as well. And I like this use if you have a chopstick or an old fork that you don't really use, just stir up the top of the soil too, like do a little bit of aeration on the top and uh and you should be good to go. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, okay. I hope uh hope everyone all the best and uh, give that and I appreciate your comments. Lil, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome, and I thank you for all the good advice you've given. Yeah, we definitely try wherever we can. And uh, all right, thank you, and we got to take a break now. Um, if you'd like to join us after the break, phone lines will be wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Gardeners are a rare breed. They need special treatment. And that's why we have Merle Coombs and Let's Talk Gardening. Talk on FM. QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And we're here with Def Labbard and uh, and Terry Kemper as well. Are you going to finish off that solo there, Terry, or what? Uh <laughs> They had me on hold. <laughs> they had me on hold, and I couldn't hear it. So, <laughs> oh, hey, too bad. You would have been good on the old Def Leppard yeah, solo, ready to rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know my my daughter Jaden. <laughs> they kind of uh, pulled a fast one on us on our on our Christmas party. They we we always do uh, a big team gift exchange amongst everybody, where you do the you can steal and give it and take it or not take it or whatever. And, uh, and then, uh, she, uh, slid in karaoke without. So we have some, uh, some of the people that maybe aren't the best gardeners at spruce and, uh, are not bad in the old karaoke. So we maybe have some singers in there that can, uh, <laughs> pull up a, maybe a second career. <laughs> uh, and Mark, Mark from Pruned Up, he thinks he's the singer, but I'm not sure. He did actually a pretty good job. So, anyway, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, all right, enough of that. So, we are talking evergreens, things, features, um, your resolutions into the garden, what you're going to do um, differently. And we, we, were, we were starting on the different evergreens. And, like, even in, in, Mexico, I was down there, and some of the places, um, they'd have just the Norfolk Island pine as a feature tree, and it, they always just stood out, like, they're just so majestic, like, any kind yeah, of evergreen, they're pretty cool. like, even in the tropical areas, um, they're just beautiful, right, and I know, and I'm not sure if the new ones, hopefully, uh, if they got a better, like, the nest spruce that they used to do the topiary. They would always, if you didn't watch those things, man, they would just take off. And again, my neighbor a couple doors over, um, I said, man, that's a gorgeous, like a fastigata spruce. And he said, well, no, it was a globe spruce that just took off. So he's kept it just pruned straight up and down almost, like, again, three or four feet wide. He has Christmas lights on it. and But it's probably 15 feet high now. And but it started out as one of those topiary spruce, and I remember one of my houses. I and I always tend to I moved around probably a bit too much in in housing and buy one and fix up and then end up moving around. 
and stopped by one of my old houses. I seen this great big evergreen that was one of those topiers. And it was just, uh, oh, yeah, those will stay contained, not. Like, it's like a spruce tree on a stick and just gone straight up. So, anyway, it's kind of interesting. Um, with some of those plants, you do got to do a bit of maintenance pruning on them. Um, you mentioned mugo pines. Again, one of my most favorite plants as well because I love the pines. So, um, but you just have to break those candles off every spring too. Like when they send out those, the new growth and it comes out like a bunch of fingers, just snap those all in half. And then that will encourage it to thicken right up. Cause I know I had two um, kind of topier bonsai um, pines in, in my yard that I'm in now. And they were kind of neglected. So I prune them all up. I take out all the deadwood and all the new growth that come out. I just, I trimmed them all back, pruned all the fingers back, and man, they look phenomenal now. Like they just they they freshened up, and and then next year I'm looking forward to see how they pop out because they'll have a bunch of new growth. So with those, just know what you're getting into ahead of time, eh, Terry? Because they they do require a bit of work. They're not just uh, a plant it and forget it plant. Yeah, absolutely. And just be you know mindful when you're uh, in the garden centers. Uh, read the tags tons of good information on the tags um the two plants you know sitting side by side could look the same now but you know down the road um one could be three four times the size of the other um so just just be mindful of that um and when you're breaking those candles off too the first time you do it it's going to seem drastic but just trust the process because uh, like you say it does um you see the rewards um you know yeah, I find it addicting now after, yeah. like, once I do it, I, I kind of get, like, I love it. Like, I just love going around whenever I water, I just snap yeah. them off, and yeah. uh, it's something I I enjoy doing. And because I just know what it's going to do to that plant after. It's going to give it that thickness, and it's not going to get long and leggy. Because you see so many mugo pines planted in an area where they're hoping for a nice evergreen feature, and you have this great big overgrown. And it just took over. And you yeah, can't so cut it. them back. At, at that point, like if it's if it gets to the point where it's eight feet high and it's all straggly, you can't really cut them back. They don't really they don't work like a shrub that way. You can't really cut a a, a big pine back and hope that it'll branch out a bunch not, um, lower. Like you can't rejuvenate them the same way. Not well. No, that's a definite. You got to have the right plant, the right <clears> space there. And you can't fix it with pruning with with those ones. Yeah. Okay, so that's your first one. So what? Uh, yeah. What's your next uh, kind of resolution? So my next one is, um, and this is a big one, but it's um, it's editing, and um, just I haven't I haven't always put the right plant in the right space, and I'm bad for you know something will um, come home with me, and you know I kind of walk around with the shovel in one hand, plant in the other, uh, and then as these yeah. things grow on, um, you know I, I realize that. Um, I put that plant in the wrong spot. And so I've got to move some things around, uh, watch my spacing, um, and just create some better layers um, in the garden. And I think that um, I know I've got several spots where I need to do that in. And, it's, again, that's, you know, when, when you've got something that's, that's planted and it's in the ground and, wow, that looks really good and it's doing well, it's just in the wrong spot. Um, 
It, it yeah. can be a little daunting to move it, but the right thing to do is put a shovel under it. Um, and uh, and don't be afraid. Sometimes, you know, you might have to move a plant around two or three times before you find the right spot. But um, being able to edit your garden uh, and not just, oh, well, it's, it's there. I'll just let it grow on. Um, you'll be, I think, far happier if you uh, if you take that time now and put that plant in the right spot. So, and again, creating those layers. So when you flip open the uh, gardening magazine, um, that's what you're, you know, uh, and you're seeing these bright, beautiful um, gardening pictures. That's what you're seeing is, you know, very, very cleverly they're they're picking um, or they're showing you pictures of layered gardens. So where you've got you know short stuff and, and it's probably in North Carolina. <laughs> They're gorgeous yeah. hydrangeas, and, and then you walk outside. Do you forget that you live in Calgary? Yes, yes, and no. I mean, we can do that here. I mean, the the idea of absolutely. Is, yeah, you're just putting. Yeah. you know, be mind put that small stuff in the front, um, and that sort of mid height, you know, two to three foot, that's sort of your mid border, and then your taller stuff in the back. And so um, when you do that, your eye then is able to sort of travel through through that that flower bed, um, and it just visually yeah. it's more appealing, right? So um, and there's so many good plants. Even if you get your your main foundation, like with hydrangeas, echinaceas, um, the the black eyed susan, the coneflower. Yeah. Um, if you get a few of those ones, um, some Carl Forrester grasses. Like if you pick five kind of good base plants and then add all your other color ones in around it. In around Phlox it. is another one that is, is doesn't get used enough. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an older plant, but I, I really fell in love with it again, just seeing it in a couple gardens that I was at. And I ended up planting it quite a bit into one of our gardens that we were redoing. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what it does. So absolutely. We can create those, beautiful gardens um here in calgary but again it's getting the right plants get a bit of a plan together and i know um working with either yourself and the tree lot or perennial if you come down and see a um conrad in our landscape department like he is a plant geek he loves the plants and doing the textures and the and their different themes and and he graduated from Guelph. He's a land, certified landscape designer. He's going for his uh, his masters as well. Like he's he loves plants and he just gets into the zone when he's in there doing it. And it, it's fun to watch and 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 I get excited when I see you in the plants and doing the things that you're doing, um, the stuff that you've brought in that we haven't seen before. So that part, um, I feel that. Um, we're, we're definitely surrounded with the right knowledge and we have the good uh, and the plants are becoming more and more available. And, and after COVID um, all the inventory has come back up where we're going to see still. this. Yeah. Sure. 2024. We're still going to be shy on some of the bigger evergreens. Um, that's the one that we're still, um, we're still short on inventory and in some of the things I know we pre-booked a bunch and with our growers, we have some stuff definitely lined up. But that's the one area I still see in is where we're struggling. And and we used to bring them up from this from the states when we did do a small load this path. But the cost it's so it's just so cost ineffective right now. It's um, with freight costs and the exchange rates and 
it, it's just it, it's it's really hard to do when you all of a sudden you price it and you get it here and you add everything in and you're thinking oh my god I gotta sell that for six hundred dollars or something right yeah. it's it's, yeah, it's it, there's only so many people that um, can justify doing that so that's a hard decision for Terry and I when we when we are buying and looking um, but it's good to see a lot of our Canadian growers um, and our growing partners have put aside evergreens to grow them on because for a for the for the last three or four years they're selling inventory that was supposed to be coming in in 2024 they were selling it in 2022 because they just ran out and and so now um everybody's inventory levels are getting back and we, when we've seen that on our last shipment of evergreens in the fall there um, when we did that one last load and um, the evergreens were like, holy cow, they're filling the pot. They're yeah. big. Like it, it, it was just so nice Looking to like see those, to. those yeah. Wichita blues were actually a 10 gallon and, uh, and nice and full. So great to see. Um, and, and that makes the upcoming season that much more exciting and seeing what's going to be coming up and with all the plant material, <clears throat> that's going to be available um, to to us and uh, eventually to our customers as well, and uh, so those are those are the exciting things in the in the garden that um, you're you're doing. Let's talk gardening with Merle Coombs. Talk on FM QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and. I am here with Terry Kemper, and we're going over what we think some of the garden trends and our resolutions um, for the garden. So Terry has, he's going to look at some unique evergreens, and uh, he's not going to be afraid to edit maybe a little bit in the garden, which is, it is sometimes a harder thing to do, but uh, a lot most of the time it's the better thing to do if you look at something needs to get moved or or eliminate it if it doesn't fit, or yeah, maybe pass it on to a friend or a neighbor or something. Um, absolutely. What yeah. uh, do you have? Any other ones that you're thinking of for 2024, Terry? Um, this one's a, a resolution and a trend that um, I'm, I'm seeing more and more uh, come up, and that is um, growing your uh, not just growing your own food, but specifically fruit. So um, yeah. growing fruit at home. Uh, I see that as kind of a uh, a bigger trend coming, and maybe that comes from you know um, people being wanting to be outside, but if they're going to be you know growing and um, planting things, have some benefit from it that they can you know bring inside and uh, have on their table. So uh, there's you know you can go, and that doesn't have to be an apple tree. Um, you know we can do small fruit. Uh, smallest strawberries, for example. Uh, we brought in some, uh, I think the variety was Fort Laramie strawberries um, early season last year, and they were at a really good price point too. Um, Chris had taken a bunch of them and uh, planted the, some troughs with them, um, some of the uh, cedar troughs. And But yep. they didn't take very long. They, as soon as they were planted, they took right off. Uh, and they looked fantastic uh, all year. And so every time you walked by, you'd you know, you'd see a new um, new cluster of uh, strawberries coming on, so that you can 
you know, make a jump from there into some of the smaller fruits. Um, you can get into some, you know, uh, some currants, some gooseberries, uh, raspberries, hascap. Uh, we, we can actually grow a, a fair bit of fruit here uh, where we are. Um, it's not limited to, you know, uh, just the... Uh, folks that live in the no absolutely in the, in the, the especially like the cherries and the pears cherries, and stuff one, like that cherry. too right yeah we're getting to some uh, cherries aren't even that you know big a commitment for space i mean you're talking a plant that's going to get maybe six to eight feet tall maybe four feet wide um so yeah. not a huge commitment could be back of the border um so cherries is a really good one actually um pears apples so <laughs> lots of lots of uh plants available for us to, to do that here uh, in our zone. So um, that's kind of my, my third one is uh, growing fruit at home. Nice. You know, and that's um, that's something that I did this past year for the first time. I ended up doing a bunch of uh, the raised beds. Right. And I got to – I'm going to get a concrete cutter. I got too much concrete in the backyard. It's pretty much all concrete. And – and I grow in pots. So I got to get rid of some of the concrete, cut out some, some planter spaces where I can uh, actually plant some trees into the ground in a couple of spots. I just want to soften some of the areas up and, uh, and do that and grow vertically. Um, I'm, I'd like to see more hanging baskets in yards. Cause whenever you see a hanging basket in a yard, like if you could, even just sticking a post in the middle of your garden and yeah. hang some hanging baskets off it or something like that. It just adds that vertical feature. And that's something I think our design team has done really well at, at our store too. That creates that. Cause we're in us, we have a smaller indoor space at the store, but we use the 360 degrees of the store, the walls, the ceiling. <laughs> and I think, in a, in a lot of gardens, like even I remember walking through yours, if you added two or three posts throughout your throughout your garden, and even if you just hang a birdhouse or hang a hanging basket or something off of it, um, I I think it just adds a bit of a different dimension than than just strictly on the ground, and you get some color going. Um, also, arbors. Um, gates, things like that, even gates that don't really necessarily lead anywhere. And you have a perfect yard for doing something like that as well, Terry, along your pathways. You could just put a nice rustic archway, like a gate that kind of leads to a different section. Just trying to find some vertical features in into the garden, I think, is something that I'm, I'm going to try and bring in. I'm, I'm going to get away from just doing the normal planting, like this past year I did um, wave petunias and and the typical dracaena up the middle or uh, the banana leaves. I'm going to try and do some some different um, plantings to just create some different texture, some different feel than just uh, the mass planting of vista petunias. They're, but those are always the easy ones. And I was kind of in in a bit of a rush in the spring, yeah. Uh, I I planted late. I wanted to get something in, and uh, so after being here a bit, I kind of want to create some some different spots and add some vertical, and and just do a, a few different things that I'm looking at, and expanding the the veggies too. I planted way too many tomatoes, 
which I think most people end up doing. And uh, so I'm going to plant less tomatoes and and a bit more of uh, – actually, I had really good peppers all year. I had unbelievable jalapeno peppers. Those seem to do really good in a, in a, in a bed as well. Let's talk gardening with Merle Coombs. Talk on FM. QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper. We're car- we're talking garden trends as we are New Year's Eve and heading into 2024. Do you remember year 2000, Terry, when everyone thought uh, all the computers, everything was going to crash? <laughs> that was a long time ago. That was 24 years ago. I still remember that uh, that New Year's Eve, and we were fortunate that nothing happened at that point. Um, Terry, are you there? Terry, I think he yeah, I am back. should be there somewhere. Hello. Awesome. Hey. All right. I, I was just uh, chatting about I said, did you remember the year 2000, 24 years ago when – Yeah, uh, I do remember that. When yeah. everything – Everything was going. Well. Everyone turned all their computers off and <laughs> and everything, and uh, we thought everything was going to end at that point. And I'm glad it didn't, because uh, you know, <laughs> it's uh, we wouldn't be here today. So, anyways, all good. Let's continue on. And we went through your threes, and I, I'm talking kind of some of the things that I'm thinking about is the trying to do a bit more vertical. And horizontal gardening, like espalier, I love doing those. Um, I, I just think it just adds a unique feature to a wall. Or if you have a garden shed that just kind of blank and you have nothing, you don't really want to plant a tree, but you want to hide a wall or something like that, um, doing an espalier in front of it. Yeah, um, great. Any great kind of that. vertical gardening. Yeah. it did, And plus it just adds a unique, and, and they're really not – it's not super difficult. It's something you have to keep on, though, because they can get away on you pretty quickly and uh, and kind of look like a big uh, tangled web if you, if you don't keep on it. And right. it's hard to bend the branches once they're – so it's best always to start those espalias with like a five-gallon pot. I find that the, the fruit trees are very pliable at that point. And try and find one with multiple branching so that way when, you, when you're laying out your horizontal – um, lines that you're going to have it follow along to do the espalier. Um, ensure that there's lots there. And so plant it in the middle, trying to find the flat side if you can do it. And then you, then you start training from that point. And uh, that's something I, I said I've, I've been fortunate enough to do quite a few of them with for some of our clients over the years. And we did a quite a large, it was a older home that was in 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 downtown Calgary and they had this, it was an old coach house that was um, part of this. It was a one acre lot in downtown Calgary. So they had the old coach house where they used to drive the, the coach horse and into the barn and they turned it into a guest suite and then the house garage now, but we had this long driveway that would go past the house and we had this long wall. So we ended up doing an espalier all along there and just gorgeous, and it just just softened that whole wall up, created a unique garden feature as well, not just a, a big brick wall. So um, 
try and use your plant material for features, right? And and stick with your your, your base plants, but then either evergreen features or the right plant in the right the right tree or plant in the right area. And that's where I'm really liking a lot of the Korean maples are nice and hardy. Um, what's the one red maple um, that we get? Um, got a few of them in Terry. Do you remember the, the, uh, the red, red maple? Rocket. Yeah, red rocket. Um, those are a, another good one. Any of the, like the gladiator crabs, if you have a bit more room, I love those just as kind of those feature. You stick one of them alone in the middle of the yard or somewhere and just plant around it because it creates that nice vase shape. It can create that really nice focal point as well. So those are always lots of interesting things and uh, and adding those to your, to your plants. And vines, kiwi vine is one that gets underutilized as well. And uh, it can yeah, get that. I like to call it the bougainvillea for Canada because <laughs> it, it'll get those leaves that will turn that pink and white hue if you can get them in the right spot. And uh, kind of get as close as we're going to get to grow. You can grow bougainvilleas outside in the summertime. And I've used them in planters and things like that. But this is actually one that will come back every year. And they can take a bit of shade. So that's uh, some of the vines we have. And stay away maybe just from the the Virginia creeper or, or that, because those you get all that, the bugs all over them all the time and they cr require quite a bit of maintenance. So if you get into some of the other, like Comatis is the one that I, I really find is underutilized and you've brought in a bunch. And I think we've seen a, a resurgence of the Clematis um, down at Spruce It Up is the, if you brought in some really nice plant material that when people see that beautiful pink or white or purple flower, um, it's hard to resist those, and they'll bloom most of the summer for you, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <clears throat> and we have a, a, quite a, a good selection of clematis coming in uh, on order for, for next year, so I'm excited by that. Um, and our uh, our friends at uh, Exemplar are doing some <clears throat> um, specialty clematis as well that are zone hardy for us, so I'm excited for those coming in as well. Nah, that's awesome. Yeah, we have a... A, a new growing partner out in BC. Um, they were working for another company that uh, didn't work out. And then they ended up having, they started their own thing after that. And they've really taken the perennial world by storm and they've done a great job. So love working with those, uh, those people out there and uh, providing them with some great plant material. And, uh, and that's the, the key to it. And, um, I got a quick text. Hi, I'm interested in the kiwi vine. Can you comment in the best place to plant it and its care? Fairly easy care. Um, they can take full sun, but they can also take a bit of shade as well. Um, Well-drained soil. You have a place for them to grow and climb on. Um, I find and kind of have them in a spot. There's a really big one at the Calgary Zoo, and that's a, another great place to to go walk around, if you're planning on doing some landscaping, I know we were part, we've done quite, a, I think, four or five projects for the zoo as well. Our construction and design has worked with them on three or four of the projects at the zoo. Um, but they have a great um, botanical garden. And it's it's neat to see the, the plants growing in Calgary. In Calgary, It is yeah. a bit of a microclimate there. But 
for the most part, you're going to see plants that are going to perform really well. And you'll see trees and they have everything labeled. Like they have a, like a probably a hundred foot black walnut tree. Um, they have quite a few of the kiwi vines. Um, so that's kind of where I first seen it like 10, 12 years ago. I can't remember what it was. I said, wow, that's a kiwi vine. I didn't believe how, how big it got and how well it did. So um, those ones, pretty versatile and it's pretty hardy shrub. I don't think, it, and I've never really, I guess you get some, is there ones that go pink, Terry, and then some of them are a little bit more for the fruit? Yeah, there there are some that, that do get like sort of a sort of a white streak or a pinky streak in them. Um, they, you won't find them on the bench like that, though. Uh, that takes um, a couple of years for that to uh, yeah. come off the plant. So if you if you see the the picture, the label, and it shows it as the uh, and the ones that we bring in from Clearview do show that. Um, just trust it. Take that home. It's going to take a couple of years, but yeah, you will get that that uh, that foliage. Yeah effect gardeners are a rare breed they need special treatment and that's why we have merle coombs and let's talk gardening talk on fm qr calgary welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm merle coombs and i'm here with terry kemper as well and we do have one caller on the line we're going to go to Russell. Good morning, Russell. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. How can we help you? Thank you. Uh, about five, six years ago, I planted a, a, um, a, a lilac hedge along my back fence. And yep. it's, got a, it's got a little, it grew really, really fast. <laughs> it's like 12 feet high now and probably five and a half feet wide. Okay. Is it the crinkly leaf uh, lilac or the smooth leaf? That's uh, a smooth leaf. It has okay. a lot of suckers. Yeah, that's they, and that's what they're known for. They're they're meant to fill in and sucker like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and which is great. The, the privacy aspect of it is perfect. But here's my question: yeah. um, Can I trim it to, and shape it at this time of year, or would that be just not a good idea? You, you definitely can, but what you'll end up losing, you'll lose all this year's blooms. So typically we like to prune the lilacs right after they're done blooming because okay. then they set their buds right after that. So basically so are I you can, looking I to can... re- like keep it are you looking to reduce it by a fair bit or less like a foot or so or Well, the height is fine. It's just it's starting to uh obstruct into the alley because it's on my back fence. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that you can do and it won't affect the blooming because if you're going to leave the top, it's it'll still bloom up top. Um, just oh, if you're looking okay. to reduce the the width, no problem. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. do it now. Like you can even just wait till if you're running into it every time you're going out to the alley, or whatever. Absolutely, yeah. Just just find a good spot. Make sure you have good clean cutters, um, pruners on you, and uh, absolutely you can reduce the width of it. Oh, no problem. Thanks very much because I was really worried about I I I pruned at the wrong time of year before, and it's like oh my god, look what happened. <laughs> yeah. No, that and, and that can definitely happen. But if you're just taking off the width and that, I, I, I definitely wouldn't worry about that. And lilacs are more than used to it. And if you just go a little bit further in than what you kind of want it to be, because then it'll give it a bit of room for when the, because it'll send out a bunch of new growth right away. So okay. that way you don't have to do it again and again right away. And, and you don't have to go in as deep. 
So just okay. go in a little bit more than where you, your kind of your ideal area is, and then that gives you a bit of room to keep it at bay. And then at that point, you can just even get when when they come out with all the new growth. Even if you just as it grows, you can just use like a nice hedge trimmer to get a good flat um, kind of create a green wall type thing as it grows. Yeah, yeah, that that was my intention. That's perfect. Well, thank you very much, and you guys yep. have a great day. You too. Happy New Year to you. Happy Thanks, New Russ. Year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, Terry, we got a call or a text uh, regarding um, the kiwi vines that, that change. Do the leaves of on the male or female plant turn color? But it is a certain kind. It's the variegated actinidia. Yeah. It's a colomachida. <laughs> Um, that's a hard. I think I just say variegated kiwi vine <laughs> is the one that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and 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 then that that's the one that you get the pink hues on, or the Arctic Beauty variegated is probably the one that does well for us. I'm assuming. Well, that's his own five though. Which one is the one that would do good for us? Um. Is do you remember the exact name of the one that's good for us, Terry? Yeah, I um, the Actinidia one is that the one you're saying is on top? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, on this one USD. Um, so let me just see because I see here's a few, and this one the, shows one no. It, yeah, the Actinidia delosia is the one that is uh, um, a little delosia is the one that's um, native to southern China that is hardy for our area even down to a zone two. So, yeah. So yeah, that the is the one. It's weird how that one, they, they have it as a zone five on an American site. And on this one, that they put it zone three, Akid India, Kolamikida. So you got a power tool mixed in with a plant on that one for sure. So. <laughs> you know the one that we put Whenever I think of the key. Oh, okay. It's really hardy for us, so. Okay. Whenever I think of Makita, we had uh, well, Mr. Heller was our shop teacher, and he was an older German guy, and he'd always Makita, the Makita drill with his little <laughs> German accent it was so good. I just, he was he was probably one of the best teachers. Always loved him in shop. Um, and it's weird how things in your mind you get uh, memories kick in when you hear a certain word. You think of a certain person <laughs> in your life that said that thing a certain way or or whatever anyways kind of funny all right hi guys you mentioned earlier about spraying water and it's when it's frosty in the mornings on certain plants how long do you spray the water onto susceptible um we really only do that you want you don't want to do that this time of year i would just water the ground and and unless it's like today's gonna be plus eight you could probably soak if you want to hose off your your evergreens to wash some dust and bugs and stuff out of there um, you could do that, but for the most part, we're just trying to get some water into the ground, the ground to ensure yeah. that they stay frozen. And the only time you do the spraying of water in the frosty mornings is like when we're in early May, um, when you get spring. stuff and you just want to put a s small coating on it, like like on the sprinkler, like a minute at the most, two minutes. Um, if it leaves on longer than that, then you get it freezing and then you start breaking branches. So really you're just trying to put a little bit of a, a layer of water that can freeze and help protect 
um, the plant. It kind of works like a little mini igloo on top of the leaf, like where the water freezes and the, and the leaf doesn't. So you're kind of putting a, a protective layer of water. And typically what I'll do is on our sprinkler system, I'll have it go um, for two or three minutes every hour throughout the night. So at, yeah, so it's starting at around midnight. I'll have it go for two or three minutes, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, just um, to get that little bit of water on it, just to enough to protect the leaves from from freezing. And we were fortunate this past season that we didn't have to worry about that much since I think the last frost was April 20th. And I think we went all the way into mid-September, if not more, almost before we seen frost. Hey, Terry, like it yeah. was, uh, it, we had a long, long season of, no, of uh, frost-free days we this past year. And I know yeah. some parts of Calgary got a little bit like the northern up in the probably the Royal Oaks or some of the areas got um, a, a couple of frost days. But for the most part, we were frost-free all summer long. So, yeah. And it produces blooms back to that uh, kiwi in the male or female um, on both the male and the female, both will get the variegated leaf. So um, we'll ensure that we have a good selection of those this year. Those ones I, I love and, uh, and they're just that create that little bit of, like I said, when you look at the picture on them, it looks like a, a bougainvillea. So I, something that I always call the, the bougainvillea of, of Calgary. And I, and I got uh, a text from Josie and it was from Best Buy back in New Year's Eve, 1999. And the Best Buy had the computer warning. Remember, turn your computer off before midnight. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then she just, she just texted. She has uh, tickets for an event tonight from Ticketmaster. It's, and it's for the couch and to stay home and do nothing December 31st. So I think that's what, uh, pretty much I'm going to be doing as well. I'm going to take it easy this New Year's and uh, do a little hanging out. Let's talk gardening with Merle Coombs. Talk on FM, QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and we're on the last segment of the Let's Talk Gardening show for 2023. And we have one caller here, Terry. We're going to go to John. Good morning, John. Good morning, ma'am. Uh, happy New Year and whatnot. Earl, is there anybody well. that you people may know of that grow their uh, commercial potato, uh, tomatoes in soil rather than water? Uh, I go to the, uh, the food stores and they, they've got these tomatoes and you buy them. They just don't, there's no taste to them and they're grown in water. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I know there is a few um, hothouse tomatoes growers in 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 Medicine Hat that definitely grow in in pots in soil. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know the brand, so um, I, I guess the best thing is to maybe and maybe chat with the. But I know what you mean. Like so much of the produce, you're just it's just fiber. Like it yeah. doesn't seem to have that really, really nice taste. And um, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. And because once you, you taste a tomato, 
that you've grown in your backyard. Um, it's it's unbelievable how good it, it can taste. Night and day difference. Hey Terry, are you aware of any that that you know of that maybe grow in in soil, not not no, in no. the like the hydroponic? Yeah, none that come to mind. Um, I'm not uh, not too sure who's. Yeah, maybe at the farmers that. markets, maybe check out some of them. Oh, maybe they can I answer the that for you. And unfortunately, some of them said, "Oh no, these these will taste just fine," and or they're grown in soil, and, and they weren't. And that's not very nice thing to have happen either. But I guess if you no. maybe if the package says grown in medicine hat, you'd have a chance. Yeah, um, and I think some of them do. You just have to uh, look at that because I know I've seen the the Hot House Tomato um, brand and that growing in there. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let me see what I can find out, and and let me see if I can uh, like Gull Valley Tomato Greenhouses is one that I think, and they provide to some of the farmers markets. That's one that. But no, they yeah, it looks like they grow in soil. I'm just kind of looking at their website, Gull Valley. Um, that one you might be able to try. But we got to go. I'm sorry, John. Not a problem. Um, we're we're out of time. All right. Happy Appreciate New Year it. to you. you, Terry. Happy New Year to you and Same your family. You All the best. Have and a- uh, we'll see everybody in 2024. Um, Let's talk garden. We'll be back in 2024.